0: You need Indeed. Ready, down, This is the
1: Bear Report Podcast with Zach Pearson. Zach Pearson. And Aaron Lemming. Aaron Lemming. Providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. Welcome, in Bears fans, to another edition of the Bear Report podcast live from Hallis Hall following Friday's practice here on August 4th. We are outside again, so bear with us, no pun intended. Uh, we'll do our best here. I'm your host, Zach Pearson. I'm joined by co-host Usaid Koshal, who are both at practice. And before we get into kind of what happened at practice, there's some news we have to talk about in terms of signings for the Chicago Bears. On Thursday night, the Bears agreed to a one-year deal with pass rusher Yannick and Ngakwe, $10.5 million, according to the reports. Bears officially introduced him on Friday, making it an official right after practice. They also made another move to sign veteran tight end Mercedes Lewis to a one-year deal. A couple new additions, one of them kind of rumored to be happening for a while now. Um, Ngakwe actually talked to the media and said he's been in talks with the Bears for a little bit. This is a place he's always wanted to go to. And glad it got done. I uh, even mentioned a tattoo on his hand of a Bear, which is, you know, a, a little interesting as well. Um, and then, you know, we haven't heard from Mercedes Lewis yet, but kind of touching on the pass rusher here, you say, what do you think of the move for the Bears to go in and add a pass rusher?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a move that essentially needed to happen. You look at where this team was, and, again, they've added some defensive linemen this off season, but no one around the league was going to lose sleep with, Travis Gibson and Dominique Robinson anchoring down the edges of the defensive line. So you bring in that experience that, quite frankly, this team needs. I mean, you look at the both sides of the football, offense and defense, and this is a unit where, you know, it's a team. They need a lot of veteran leadership. Having a guy who's going into his, like, eighth or ninth season really helps this team. And then look at some of the younger guys. Like You have Travis Gibson going into a contract year. You have Dominique Robinson who's going to be under contract for another three years. So this is a move both about the short-term and long-term because Dominique Robinson, the way he's been looking in practice, I would not be surprised to see him be the second starter at defensive end this year.
1: Yeah, and bringing in Ngakwe at nine-and-a-half sacks – um, a season ago, with um, the Indianapolis Colts, has experience with the Raiders, the Vikings, of course, the Jaguars as well. Um, a couple of double-digit sack seasons, so it's definitely an upgrade. What the Bears have had um, going into training camp, and it was you know a big need for the Bears uh, to get that pass rush solidified. They were you know dead last in sacks last season, twenty. Um, they were near the bottom in pressures and hurries. The run defense wasn't good at all um, as the security carts kind of drive by. Um, but, yeah, you know, and while the run defense for him might be a little knock on him, he's ready to come out and prove it. And one thing I kind of found interesting was he talked about his relationships with the organization. You know, he didn't play in Indianapolis under Matty, refused to that defense. Um, but he has, you know, familiarity with, with other coaches, you know. Rod Marinelli is a guy he played um, played under in, in Las Vegas. He's got familiarity there. And to kind of have that and, and you know, uh, someone who else is connected with Matt Iraflus is very important. And, um, you know, the Bears, Iraflus said the Bears see him as a three-down player in this defense. And it's going to be, you know, a similar scheme as the Colts and Raiders that he's played with in the past. Um, his position coach is actually here as well. So, yeah, there's a lot of connections here um, in, in Chicago. And as he said, it kind of just, you know, it made sense for him to be here. For everyone, I think, involved and around the team, it kind of felt like, um, you know, not if, but when, between him or someone like Justin Houston. You know, the Bears showed interest in all of them. But Ningakwe, from everything I've been told them and read into, was their top guy. And, and Ryan Poles waited it out, played the long game, down for a one-year deal. And I think it's a deal that, you know, should benefit the Bears. He's not going to come in here and serve all, uh, you know, solve all the long-term term solutions. He's not going to come in here and be a 20 sack guy, I don't think. I'd love for that to happen. But the Bears needed it. They needed a stopgap guy. They need to find some young edge talent, especially in the next draft or free agency. You know, easier said than done, though.
2: Yeah, I absolutely agree. And, you know, you talk about the one-year $10.5 million deal. I mean, the key thing to keep in mind there is – when we talk about playing the long game, part of that is also understanding that this is a team that's going to have two first-round picks next year. They're going to have a second- and third-round pick. So you're looking at a- another consecutive year where they'll have four picks inside the top 100. And that, to me, really just signals, with it being a really strong edge rusher class coming up next year. I mean, the Bears are going to have their long-term edge rusher, hopefully, next year at this time in training camp when we're reporting a pod like this again. But kind of... It's a move that, you know, made almost too much sense, and I would say I'm sort of surprised the Bears waited until literally the end of second week of camp to go ahead and bring in Yannick. But, you know, we've got a practice here on Saturday and then Family Fest as well, so Matt Iberflus talked about him, Yannick Ngakwe, having a ramp-up period, and I would not be surprised to see him out there on Sunday at earliest at Soldier Field. Yeah, and
1: potentially he probably will be out here tomorrow, actually. I think he's, he said himself he's he's kind of ready to go. Um, so we'll have to see on that. Um, as for Mercedes Lewis, they really haven't officially announced it yet, even though Matt Eberflew said that he um, the team has agreed to a deal with him. He's taking his physical in the building right now as we're actually recording. So we won't hear from him today. Uh, probably should hear from him on Saturday and Sunday. I, I think... Mercedes will probably be out here you know, potentially Sunday, but he's going to have a ramp-up period as well. And, and for me, you know, it's another one-year deal. It's a veteran tight end going into his 18th season in the league, uh, which would be, I think, tie a record among tight ends. And he's a guy who's he's known for his blocking ability. He's not going to come out here and be a legit pass catcher in this offense. Um, the Bears have that in Cole Komet. They have that in Robert Tunyon, but – you know, behind that, the depth is not very good. Um, they brought in Jared Pinckney a couple uh, earlier this week. So far, he hasn't really flashed. Um, you know, Chase Allen's been hurt. Uh, Jake Tongas hasn't really done much. So you, you're looking, you got to add that blocking tight end. And that's what Lewis, you know, has done over his career, most recently with the Green Bay Packers, who now he's familiar with Robert Tongan, he's familiar with Luke Getz, he's familiar with, um, Lucas Patrick. I mean, that's kind of been the common theme for the Bears this season. Getting guys that are familiar with others, coaching staff, the scheme, all that good stuff. So, yeah, you know, the Mercedes Lewis signing might not pop out on paper, but look at this offense. When you when you need a good run blocking tight end, um, you know you got someone there that that can do that.
2: Yeah, and that's really you know another move that. You look at, I mean, you mentioned some of the names. You've got Chase Allen, Jake Tongas, Jared Pinkney, even a couple guys that were late day three picks, maybe even undrafted free agents. They really haven't come in and loan anyone away per se in training camp. But the big thing kind of has been is the Bears are bringing in a veteran like Mercedes Lewis to help out, even a guy like Cole Kmet. I would say because. Mercedes does bring that experience in terms of longevity in the NFL having played in Jacksonville, I think he was in Tennessee for a bit and then most recently Green Bay where you know they had some high flying offenses and so that's just something where you look at and ultimately the big thing is it's a move that you know benefits the entire tight end room in general. I know some people look at a veteran signing like that, okay, guy going into his 18th season and they say, "Oh, well, he's just a camp body." You know, I think Mercedes is going to be more than a camp body. For this team, you could almost argue that he's going to be, you know, a tight ends quote coach quote unquote.
1: Yeah, that's another good point. He'll bring some experience to this tight end room, which which is much needed um, going into the season. Now, you see, let's let's kind of talk. Um, let's break down the practice today, and uh, you know, it, it was a shorter, not a shorter, but it was more of a ramp up practice where it, you know the Bears weren't in full pads. They were in shells. They were in shorts. And his Matt Averfuss likes to call, they're, they're ramping up. They'll be back out here on Saturday in pads. Full go. Again on Family Fest, same thing. And this is kind of something we saw last Friday. This is just how it is in the NFL now. It's a lot different. Um, but, yeah, it was a little bit of a slower practice and kind of get started, you know. Looking at the injuries, uh, the guys missing. Um, Nate Davis was not out Was out here not practicing. Tevin Jenkins was out here not practicing. Jack Sanborn not practicing, Demarcus Walker not practicing, Tremaine Edmonds not practicing, Dante Pettis not out there practicing, Chase Allen not out there practicing. I think that got most of the list there. Um, you know, Roshan Johnson was back. He's missed a couple days, but it, it's you don't want to panic just yet with these injuries. This stuff's going to happen. None of these seem severe. Um, to me, from what I understand. However, we're not getting updates from Addy Irafos. He just refuses to talk about injuries. They don't have to talk about injuries. A little bit of an annoyance. I, I get why he does it, but at the same time, you know, we have to do our jobs out here and kind of figure out what's going on. But looking at this, with, without two starters on the offensive line, you're missing your right guard and Nate Davis. You're missing your left guard and Kevin Jenkins. It's giving guys like Alex Leatherwood, Lucas Patrick, um, Jatari Carter some some extra reps, and, and there's going to be struggles with the offensive line. We saw, you know, in 11-on-11 two-minute drills as well, the pass rush was getting to the to, to Justin Fields, and he was having to kind of make quick decisions with his throws, and this is without pads, so that's never never a good thing. Then you look, and okay, you know, you're missing two key starters in the offensive line. You have a rookie right tackle, you have a rookie left tackle, um, or not a rookie left tackle, I'm sorry, second-year left tackle, so there are going to be you know, a, a few things that, you know, you have to kind of take into consideration. But as far as the offensive line goes, you know, I still need to see more from them. I'm hoping we see more from them when they ramp things up. Um, I, I think it's for me, it's kind of an area of concern.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform
2: Yeah, it's almost as if we have to kind of totally flip the narrative here because we went into training camp saying, hey, listen, the Bears have a starting five offensive line. You're looking at left to right, Braxton Jones, Kevin Jenkins, Cody Whitehair, Nate Davis, and then Darnell Wright. But then ultimately you look at two injuries kind of still in the earlier portions of camp because Davis and Jenkins have not been out there over the last basically two to three days. And then all of a sudden you do begin to wonder, okay, if this lingers into, you know, next week, the first preseason game happening against the Indianapolis Colts, what exactly are you going to go ahead and do there for the Bears? And I understand some people say, yeah, well, preseason, you know, it's all about getting a third, fourth, fifth string guy, the reps that they need. But for the Bears, I mean, the reps are more important than ever because as much as we don't want to admit it, we have to acknowledge that this is still a really young offense that's done so much reshuffling around that they still have to get used to playing with each other. And, you know, former bears coach, John Fox said it, and I feel like I repeat this quote multiple times a year, but the best ability is availability. And really you look at it, you, these guys need to get out there. They need to kind of go ahead and get up to speed, stay healthy. You know, Tevin Jenkins is a guy who next year, 2024 offseason he'll be eligible for a contract extension and so you really kind of have to hope that he'll be in a situation where you know he plays lights out this year and then earns a contract extension going into his fourth season but again it's frustrating we don't hear anything from Matt Eberflus, and the answer we pretty much get is yeah well if it's long-term, we'll go ahead and tell you guys, but we really aren't going to tell you guys much of anything with injuries. Kind of the same way that they handle contracts, but you know, this is a group that they need to go ahead and gel because we're seeing throughout the second week of training camp, I mean, we've seen good and bad plays from the offense, but the inconsistency meter has been favored kind of more towards the offense than really the defense at this point.
1: Yeah, and looking at this, you know, Today's practice, at least, it's you know they're coming off a day on Wednesday where the defense just absolutely dominated. It wasn't even close. Um, the defense ate the offense's lunch. We heard Justin Fields even admit that that the that's defense was way better. They were chirping a lot more. He, Justin Fields wants his guys to be able to chirp, and that means they're 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 having good practices. That essentially hasn't been the case in the two full padded practices. It's been the defense. It's been the, the defense winning both days. Um, you know the offense got off to a good start in training camp. that's um, obviously without pads and shells. It's not like the offense has been awful outside. You know, I I categorize Wednesday as a really bad day for them. You know, they did kind of rebound with a nice two-minute drill today. You know, it's a little hard to judge. Like I mentioned, it's it's a walkthrough essentially. It wasn't a full walkthrough. There was install periods, walkthrough periods, little a little seven on seven, a little eleven on eleven. Um, the one-on-ones, obviously, the, all the fans love seeing that. But uh, you know, offense should win those. Those are those are fun, but it's, it doesn't mean much in my eyes. You're evaluating the uh, the 11-on-11s, and, and you know, there was there were some plays where he kind of wild you from Justin Fields, going back to that play over the middle in, in red zone drills where he found Chase Claypool. He he went. You know, one thing I noticed was not only was a throw on the money, it was in. What was good coverage from from Jaquan Briscoe it was a small window to throw in, and Fields found that small window and absolutely hit on it. But it was his third read. He went through his progressions. He looked his first read. He looked his second read. He looked his third read right there with Chase Claypool and found it right on the money. And that's what we need to see more of from Justin Fields going into this year three. I want him to go into through those progressions. I want him to take the check down if it's there. Today was a big checkdown day. There was a lot of checkdowns. We we can't we can't lie about that. There was a a, a lot of checkdowns for the Bears in this offense in the, in the eleven on elevens at times. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, you just have to make the throws when 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 you need to. Um, you know I do think they responded well with with a nice red zone drill. The first play was an interception by Josh Blackwell. The throw was errant. Um, pass rush was getting there, and it was just too far for Robert Tanyan and Blackwell took advantage of it. And should mention it's the first team offense against the second team defense. It's the second team offense against the first team defense. But Fields responded. They gave the offense another chance. It was 17, 15. The bears were down 50 yard line, one minute to go. He went five of six. They moved the football, a couple of completions chase Claypool was having a nice camp. Um, and then delivered with a field goal, uh, like a 41 yard field goal. So they gained about 26, 27 yards of offense going five or six and kind of ran a nice, you know, fake spike play to the outside quick throw. Um, is there anything you kind of noticed out there? You say on how the offense was going today, despite it being, you know, a, a pretty much a, a slow walk through day almost.
2: I mean, I would say my biggest observation is the bears are, you know, the first week of camp, essentially the, it was all about the Justin Fields, DJ Moore connection. And, what we've really seen and heard over the last basically three to four days is, and today's Friday's practice was an embodiment of that, is that the Bears want Justin to really just slow it down. I don't know if it's kind of a specific coach's thing. I don't know if it's something that you look at and you say, okay, you know what, it is um, just part of the game plan or it's just coming to him naturally. But I, what I see you know, happening more than anything is um, everything seemingly slowing down for Justin. And like I said, part of that is by design. Part of it is his development as a quarterback. But you know, now we're seeing him go through the reach. One, two, three. We're seeing the Bears really mix it up in terms of where these wide receivers are lining up. You know, today there was an instance, for example, where you had Playpool right there outside the numbers, splitting the difference between the numbers as well as the boundaries, and you had DJ Moore splitting the difference between what was the hashes as well as the numbers. And then you had Darna Mooney kind of lined up closer to the uh, ball. And then also another thing is this, right, is the Bears are really kind of diversifying the looks that defenses are going to see when it comes to the run game this year. Because you see instances where, you know, you have Kari Blassingame, the fullback. He's lined up in the backfield, going to go ahead and, you know, tap his foot twice on the ground. And then what do you see? Robert Tunyon coming over in motion. And they're playing in more condensed formations whereas when you have two or three wide receivers out there you've got chase claypool that's out there and you know this is a team that they're essentially spreading the defense out and trying their best to do that to be able to open up those zones for a guy like a clue herbert or dante foreman and you know shout out to dante foreman today because he had two touchdowns during red zone drills
1: yeah you know dante foreman i think is is gonna be a guy that bears fans should keep an eye on you know i I was watching pass protection drills today and him and Roshan Johnson really stood out to me. It was running backs against linebackers. You know, Khalil Herbert, that's an area he's got to get better in. And Bears say, you know, Khalil Herbert will be running back one going into training camp. I think when it's all said and done, I think Foreman's going to get the majority of the reps. And I think Roshan will be kind of up there when the season's done. Um, I just have to say Herbert's a bad player or anything. I think they they have a vision of what they want to do with Herbert in this offense, but yeah, it was a better um, red zone two minute day today, and it's nice to see him respond. It was nothing where, you know, I should sit Twitter ablaze where the Bears' offense was fantastic today. And um, it's it not a practice for them to design to be fantastic with, with, with what they did. I mean, they're, they're supposed to go out and win the seven on sevens and, and one on ones and things like that. You know, one player before we wrap things up that I kind of want to talk about is Curvon Dexter. He's a guy that's kind of flashing for me a lot, um, you know, watching the OLDL battles, whether it's one on one or team stuff he seems to be a guy that kind of wins his reps more often than not. And even in, in 11 on 11, he's, he's creating pressures back there. He's, he's finding ways and he's just an athletic freak. The guy is huge, man. He is a giant out there. A lot of athleticism to him. And I think he could be eventually a steal for the bears in this draft. He's kind of been a guy you know, that stood out to me since I've been out at all these practices so far at Hellas Hall. Um, you said you've been out here a couple times. Who's one player has maybe stood out for you?
2: Yeah, that's a great point here with Javon Dexter. I mean, I noted this last week that he's one of the biggest guys out there. But for me, the player who stood out and is now going to fly even farther under the radar due to the addition of Jonathan Gakwe is veteran edge rusher Terrell Lewis, a guy who's been in the league for a couple of years. But, you know, you really just see the speed that he brings off the edge. He has beaten both Braxton Jones as well as, Darno right multiple times throughout training camp and then another guy is this you know you talk about braxton jones the fifth round pick from the 2022 draft i mean he is a guy that has really come in here and again we knew it was impressive last year last year there were arguments about whether or not braxton's only starting because the bears didn't have much anywhere on the roster he took the left tackle spot in training camp and just ran with it going into this year i mean can tell he's gotten much stronger his anchor has gotten much better you see defensive linemen and edge rushers kind of aiming for the middle part of this chest trying to push him back and you know he's got a really stout anchor so he's a name to just watch over the next few weeks here to keep improving but what's been so encouraging is seeing a lot of the first and second year guys come in and just absolutely ball out and making plays because Matt Eberfluss was hired in January 2022. I mean, he talked about we're going to spend, you know, the first year building the foundation. And, again, they did that last year with the culture part of it. This year they've really overhauled the entire foundation. And what we're beginning to see now is the seeds that are planted to what the people upstairs at Hollis Hall hope is the foundations of a
1: long-term winner. Yeah, that's uh, very well said. Uh, that's going to wrap things up today for our podcast. Um, hopefully it you a good enough update of – Kind of what's been going on. We'll be back again next week. I'll have a podcast with Aaron. I'll hopefully drop either Monday or Tuesday to kind of review stuff. I know there's an off day Monday, but practice is Saturday and Sunday. Family Fest at Soldier Field on Sunday. Um, you can follow the Bear Report on Twitter at just Bear Report. Where can everyone follow you on Twitter
2: at? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Usaid Koshal. And check out the Bear Report TikTok, which is at Shai Bear Report.
1: And then you can follow me on Twitter at Zach, Z-A-C-K, underscore Pearson. As always, please rate, review, subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. Appreciate the support and the help. Really helps out our show as well as Picks for Polls, which has you covered everything to do with the NFL draft. We're going to continue to enjoy camp. Football is right around the corner. Preseason is a week away, so make sure you check back in with the Bear Report. Until next time, everyone, please stay safe and please stay healthy.